Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. At the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to a bonus podcast from our January luncheon. This January, we had Jeffrey Frabel. He's a certified public accountant and a partner at CCK Strategies. His daily goal is to make an impact on his clients' lives and destroy the typical accountant stereotype. Now, if the name Jeff Frabel sounds familiar, it's because he was actually on a previous podcast with us uh, back in podcast number 38. So uh, if you like what you hear in this, I encourage you to go back and listen to that previous podcast as well. He's got a lot of great things to share, but he spoke specifically about bridging the gap between our leadership strengths and our true identity. And I think as a start to the new year, this is a message that we all need to hear. And it's really an encouragement to leaders that there's definitely things that you struggle with in leadership. And there's a difference between who you were created to be and uh, what your potential truly is. And you have to figure out a way to bridge that gap. And Jeff does an excellent job uh, explaining that, sharing his own personal experience uh, along the process. So let's tune into Jeff and listen to his message to young business leaders. You know, it's crazy. I, I know a lot of people hate to speak publicly. I don't necessarily mind it. But every time there's the opportunity to speak publicly, you're sitting in this chair and they start reading the bio and, and I, without doubt, I'm like, oh, I hope that bio just goes on forever so I don't have to get up there and, and talk. I, you know, maybe the end of the world will come or something. But once I get up and get going, I'm usually relaxed and everything takes care of itself. But it's good to be with you all today. Good afternoon to everybody. Thanks for coming out today. Um, you know, crazy thing, I got the, uh, I got the announcement or the, the text a week or so ago about, about speaking today, and I thought it was kind of funny because it, it never really indicated what the topic of my, my presentation was. And so I thought several different things. I thought, well, there will probably be some people here that are coming because they know me and, and supporting me, and if you are one of those people, thank you very much. Uh, there may be some people here that saw CPA and totally zoned out and thought, I'm just going for the free meal because obviously this guy's going to be boring. I hope to make a different impression on you than that. The third uh, group of people I thought might be coming out today are people that thought I might be talking about this guy, right? Donald Trump. I mean, my life has kind of turned upside down in the last few weeks with the new tax plan. After all, we went from this. Does anybody remember this document that came out in May? It was, this was the, the, the tax plan. One page, summarized, this was going to do it all. But somehow, that turned into this right here. And now my job is to get my arms completely around this and provide increasing value to my clients to tell them what's the best thing for them to do, right? If you thought you were coming today to hear about the new tax code, I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's not going to happen today. Some people may be excited about that. 
Uh, some people may be disappointed, but if you're disappointed, I got, a, I got something for you. I'm actually presenting the new tax plan at the ELS luncheon on the 24th for Regent Bank. So if you want to hear about that, come on out and join us, and we'd love to have you. Secondarily, I talked to Matt earlier, uh, actually it was over the weekend, and I said, hey, uh, do you think your members would like to know more information about this tax plan? And he said, absolutely. So I think this week we're going to try and, and put something together to, to send out to everyone, something very informal, something educational, where, where as a business owner, I think you want to know what's going on with the tax law. And so we want to use that as, as an educational opportunity for the members of YBT just get together and learn more about the tax law. We're going to try and put that together, get in, in information and details out probably towards the end of the month, if that's OK with you guys. But we'd love to do that. So anyway, but one way you can help me is I've got this presentation on the 24th. I've got three working titles that maybe you can help me with. The first one is the new tax law from here to eternity. We went from one page to 500. Seems like an attorney to me. If that doesn't work for you, how about this one? The new tax law, dazed and confused. If you're an S-Corp or an LLC owner or a corporation owner, you're definitely a little dazed and confused right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I got one more. I got one more. And this, is, this one is probably my favorite, though. The new tax law, 10 things I hate about you. So uh, actually, I was talking with someone about that this afternoon. He goes, is, it, is, is there only 10? I said, no, there's probably about 20. But anyway, um, the 24th, we're going to be presenting it at ELS. But no, we're not talking about tax law today. We are talking about something a little bit more touchy-feely, a little bit more leadership style, if that's OK with you all. Uh, we're going to be talking about bridging the gap between your leadership ability and your true identity. Now, to clear things up from the very beginning, when I talk about my true identity, I'm talking about my true identity in Christ. What I'm talking about is how do I bridge the gap between the way I lead and who I really am? When Jeff is being Jeff and being the way God created me to be, how does that reconcile with my leadership abilities? Because the truth is, I've been on a journey. Now, you look up look at me up here and you might think, man, that dude's got it all together. And he is just fly. He seems so perfect. I'm telling you, there's at least one person in this room, someone I have lunch or breakfast with almost every week that knows I am far from that. Okay? I'm here to be vulnerable with you today. I'm here to tell you that I struggle. I'm here to tell you that I don't have this all under control. The reason I'm here is because I feel like the sooner you get this kind of stuff under control in your business and professional life, the better off you are. I was having breakfast a few weeks ago with a friend and I said, at what age do you start to see men start to ask the question, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? And he said, oh, I usually see that around the age of 40. And I thought, well, since I just turned 48 a couple months ago, I'm a late bloomer, right? I'm ahead of the curve. But this is the process I've been going through. How do I, how do I reconcile the way I lead with the way God has really made me to be? So we're going to talk a lot about bridges today, because that's what's going to help us close that gap. So as we get started this morning, I want you to do a little visualization exercise with me. 
It won't be weird, I promise. But if everyone would just kind of close their eyes for a moment. I want you to visualize a bridge. It can be any bridge at all. And I want to ask you a few questions this morning. When we talk about a bridge and you visualize a bridge, what kind of bridge are you looking at? Is it, is it big and huge or is it small? Is it made out of concrete and steel? Or is it maybe made out of wood? What's it, what's it covering? What's it going over? Is it going over a vast expanse of land? Or maybe a huge uh, body of water? What's on that bridge? Is it, are there vehicles on that bridge? Are there people on that bridge? Maybe there's animals, I don't know. And finally, where are you in relationship to this bridge? Are you on the bridge? Are you looking at the bridge from the ground? Or maybe you're like Superman and you're flying over the bridge. Okay, now that you all have a bridge in your mind, let's come back. And uh, somebody tell me, what, what is the purpose of a bridge? Throw it out there. What's, to get to the other side, right? That's probably the main purpose. I think we would all agree the purpose of a bridge is to get us to the other side. It's to help us cross over something. It's to help us get from one place to the other. Sometimes it's there to protect us. So we all had a vision of a bridge in our mind. Let's talk about some famous bridges this morning. What bridge is this right here? Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, cool. What about this one? London Bridge. Does anybody know where the real London Bridge is? It's in Nevada. Yeah, what did you say, Sean? Yeah. Google it. It's real. What about this one? Brooklyn. Brooklyn Bridge. That's absolutely right. Another one? That's Tulsa. That's the Route 66 pedestrian bridge there. We drive underneath that on Southwest Boulevard, right? I would venture to say that no one had this bridge in their mind. <laughs> Who's that? Jeff, Jeff Bridges, right? The reason I threw Jeff Bridges up there is because sometimes not always the most obvious answer is the best answer. And I find that as a good segue to talk a little bit about my journey. And I can't start talking about my journey without talking about CCK. Now, this is not an infomercial. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you what we do. But I will tell you that 18 years ago, I started with this company. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Four years into my journey, I became partner. And I've gotten to work with some amazing people. And what's really important to us as a company and as a firm is culture. From day one, culture was extremely important. It was number one priority. In fact, we've won some national awards for it. We were, in 2014, we were named the number one mid-sized accounting firm to work for in the entire nation. We've been on that same list, top 100 firms to work for, small, medium, and large, uh, for four years. Sometimes we're the only firm in Oklahoma that gets on it. And we've been named one of the best places to work for millennials. Culture is extremely important to us. Several years ago, we got together during a partners meeting, and we decided to come up with our core values. And so here's what they are. They, they uh, relate to the, the acronym GREAT. We are goal-oriented. We are results-driven. We are encouragers of others. We are accountable with integrity. And we are thoughtful and fair. And this is supposed, we're, we're, we do our very best to allow this to permeate through our entire firm. In fact, today we had 12, 13, 14 different people start with us today. It was a big day. 
And what they did at 11 o'clock is they, each one of them sat down with a partner to hear about this message because we feel like it's important that everybody gets it from day one. And one of the, the opportunities I've had is to be able to share this message with our new people on their first day. So it's extremely important to us. We try to do everything through this, uh, through this lens. We decided to go one step further in the last year or two, and that is to go down a, a, a road related to, or called Strength Finders 2.0. Is anybody familiar with Strength Finders? Okay. Strength Finders is a process. It's, I, wouldn't, I would not call it a personality profile. I would not call it a personality test. They have developed 34 different strengths. We call them themes. They've developed 34 different strengths that after taking your test, they tell you what your top strengths are from top to bottom, from number one to number 34. And what we focus on is we, we focus on the top five. Now this is not to say this is who you are every moment of every day. It's not to say this is all you will ever be. But what it is saying is that when Jeff operates in his natural state of being, this is where Jeff's going to gravitate to most of the time. So we, we went firm wide with this testing. Everybody got their top five themes. Being who I am, I paid extra so I could see what my bottom five themes were, right? Everybody gets their top five themes. And what we did is we permeated it throughout the entire firm by uh, we gave everybody a, a, a sheet of paper that uh, was an illustration of their themes. And we framed that for everybody. We had special meetings of like-themed of like people where we talked about, hey, you all have this in your top five. How do you relate to that? How do you deal with that? How do you work with these themes? The main reason we were doing this was not to put somebody in a box. It was not to say, this is who you are, this is all you'll ever do. But we were using it from the standpoint of trying to get everybody on the right seat of the bus. We wanted to get people operating in a place of strength as opposed to a place of weakness. And we went through this entire process. Um, it, it's been over, like I said, over a year. It's been eye-opening for a lot, of different, a lot of different people. And I got real excited about this. I really wanted to see what my strengths were. I really wanted to understand myself better. And so we got to the point of going over my strengths in a group with my partners. And this was the beginning of the journey of how I started to bridge the gap between my leadership abilities and my identity in Christ. Because how many know that in order to really go somewhere and to learn, you kind of have to hit rock bottom first? I didn't know it was coming, but it came. So I met with my partners. This, first of all, is a summary. Uh, you can see the four different columns. They're, they're color-coded. So these are the four main categories. You have executing, you have influencing, you have relating, and you have thinking. And what this slide is showing is these are the number of people in our firm that have one of these other qualities in their top five. So for example, Achiever, we have 32 people in our firm out of about 90 that have this in their top five. You can see in the second column over, second one down, we have nobody in our firm at the time that had the strength of command, okay? Very interesting stuff, segregated by these four different areas. So we got together in our partner group to start talking about our partner strengths. And this is a summary of the strengths, the themes, the top five themes for my four other partners. At the time, we had, uh, we had uh, five partners total. We have si since added six, a sixth one. But these are my 
four partners. And if you can tell anything by looking at it, there's a lot of purple in there, which if you go back, purple was a thinking theme, okay? And another thing you might learn if you look at it very closely is that every one of my partners has the strategic strength. They're very strategic in the way they think. We have a couple different maximizers. We have a couple that are arrangers. And I think it's important as we go forward here, what I want to share with you is what, what does it mean to be strategic? According to Strength Finders, they say that a strategic person, they think in a series of if-then statements to reveal threats and opportunities. They're skilled at anticipating obstacles. They generate multiple solutions. They ask a series of what-if questions to see around corners. And they quickly discern patterns where others see complexity. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was an entrepreneurial business owner, this is the kind of CPA I would want. I mean, just think about the way they think, the problems they could solve, the things they can do, right? So then, we throw up my strengths. My strengths are in the middle there, partner three. Can anybody tell me something that stands out to them about my strengths versus my partner's strengths? No purple. Thank you, Kellen. I appreciate that. What else? There's no yellow. I've looked through this several different, many times, so I can tell you exactly what's different. Number one, I'm the only person that has green, more green than anybody else. So that was an executing theme. The thing that rocked my world about all this was I have one theme that matches any of my other partners. And it's, it's sitting right next to the one there. It's the responsibility theme. Outside of that, I have nothing that matches my partner. I guess you could call it a positive. I have, of my themes, there's three themes that nobody else shares. Like I said, I've looked through this many times. I've tried to find the things to, to make me feel good about it. I left this meeting somewhat uh, discouraged would be somewhat of an encouraging word to use. I was bummed out. I, uh, I was discouraged. Part of the way I am. I'm like, let's, let's talk about what harmony means. Harmony, my number one strength. I'm a natural peacekeeper and unifier. I look for areas of agreement and find common ground. I believe little can be gained from conflict or friction. I'm able to merge differing points of view, and I prefer to focus on practical realities than on debate. And at the point in time I was learning all this, I would probably add one more bullet point to that, and that bullet point would be wuss. I'm just sharing. I'm just saying. I was like, what good is it to be a harmonizer? I mean, I see a lot of things as conflict. I mean, I guess that's the harmony in me, in me that when we don't necessarily agree, I see it as conflict and it bothers me. And now I'm being told this is my number one strength and all my other partners are strategic and maximizers and achievers. And where do we go from here? So we talked about bridges and we looked at a lot of different, very strong bridges, but sometimes the bridge is not very sturdy, right? Sometimes the bridge is rickety. Sometimes you can't see what you're crossing over. You can't see where you're going to. And the thing that I love about this picture is I love the apprehension 
in the guy on the bridge. You can tell it in the way he's stepping, and you can tell it in the way he's holding on, because he doesn't have very much what? He doesn't have very much trust in that bridge. He doesn't have very much faith in that bridge, does he? So from a spiritual perspective, where do you, th- you think I'm just rocking it right now, or do you think I'm stinking it up? Probably stinking it up. I've given this presentation a couple different times, and I ask the next question, and I get a resounding answer every time, and so I'm interested to hear if I get it today. What lives under a bridge? Trolls. That's absolutely right. We've got trolls. I've got trolls. I learned that I was dealing with about five different trolls that live under my bridge. And I'm a former preacher's kid, so every one of my trolls starts with a C. My first troll is comparison. I don't know about you, but the biggest demon I carry on my back every day is the demon of comparison. Now, I don't really care about what you drive as it compares to me. I don't really care where you live as it compares to my house. I'm, I'm comfortable with all those kind of things. But there are certain areas that I really struggle in a comparison. God has blessed our family with, with uh, the profession I'm in. I have no complaints. Believe it or not, as partners in a CPA firm, we have a fairly complicated compensation calculation. We take into consideration four, five, six different things, and you get awarded or penalized for how you perform during the year. Now, if you take my column and you say, Jeff, this is how much money you made last year, I'll go, that's awesome. You start to expand out the columns, and I can see partner A, B, C, and D, and I start comparing it, what do you think happens to my gratitude? It's horrible. I had the same experience with testimonies. I'm sure there's many men in this room that have been part of the journey group. And one of those nights, they, they all share their testimonies. And so I'm sitting in a room with 10, 15 guys, and everybody's sharing their testimony. And every one of them has a story about losing their family or losing uh, their business or being on drugs or alcohol. Or, and that's when they found the Lord. And I go, well, I've been saved since I was like eight years old and never really wandered far from the Lord. I guess my testimony kind of stinks because I'm trying to compare it. It makes me wonder how my father looks at me and goes, look what I did for you, and you're complaining about that because you're comparing it? Big demon I carry. No different in this situation. I was comparing my strengths to the strengths of my partners. The next, the next troll I started playing with was the one of complaining. God, how come? God, why? Not a good place to be. But then I got to step it up a little bit, because I went from complaining to coveting. Yeah, let's just ratchet up the sin chart, right? You know, <laughs> big, The big difference between complaining, complaining is not only why, or coveting is not only why, but coveting is I want. So for years and years, I've always said that God has put me in the place that I'm supposed to be. And I could tell you an amazing story that took place 18 years ago that, that I know with beyond a shadow of a doubt he's got me in the firm that I need to be in. But because of this exterior information, because of this com- uh, comparison to others, I'm all of a sudden 
not appreciating that. And I want to be someone else because of something that I think is better than them, than, than what I have. So I went from the complaining and the coveting to the confusion. And this, is, this really got me big. God, what is my value? I mean, as believers, I'm not sure there's a worse question we can ask our Father is, why do you have me here? What's my value? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm really confused with why you've got me where you have me. The last troll, which came to me after we, I'd presented this a couple different times and starts with a C, is I went from the comparing to the complaining to the coveting to the confusion to God changed me. And God, God made me for who I am, and here I am asking him to change me. So I think that was kind of the bottom right there. That's where I, that's where I bottomed out. And then God started showing me how I start bridging this gap. It's not rocket science. In fact, I don't think anything I'm going to tell you today is rocket science. I don't think it's anything you've never heard before. I think it's maybe just something you need to hear as an encouragement because there may be someone here that's feeling that way today. It comes from uh, the book of Psalms. King David wrote this. I've always known this passage. It's always been a favorite of, of mine, but it kind of started hitting me with a different, in a different perspective. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place and when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. My eye, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Because when it all boils down to it, we are uniquely wired and we are uniquely placed for unique opportunities. And it's amazing how, we've all heard the example of, you know, you don't realize how many red cars are out there until you're driving a red car. Until you get this, until you understand it, then you start to see how God starts to put the dots together. And I got a couple examples for you. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorites is, as I was putting together this presentation the first time, my wife and I were uh, sitting around listening to a sermon. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you were just impressed by the fact that my wife and I were sitting around listening to a sermon, we don't do that all the time. Okay? I don't want to come off sounding that way. We were upstairs on our deck, and I was preparing for this, and she was actually listening to the sermon. I just happened to be listening. And if anybody knows Matt Chandler, uh, Village Church down in Texas, my and this is, how, this is how amazing God is. The reason we know about Matt Chandler is through my daughter, who's been following him online and listening to his sermons. And that's how my wife's listening to it. So I'm sitting there just kind of you know, preparing, and I start hearing this, this sermon. And no joke, this is what he's talking about. He said, uh, the Bible is saying biologically, genetics, parts of the brain, yes, but there's a divine happening behind all of that, and the reason God has wired you physically like that, and then wired you with that personality type as a harmonizer, or as an achiever, or a persister, or whatever your little graph or chart at work says you are, God has been at work in that for what reason? Knowing those days that would be formed for you, he uniquely wired you. He wired you in stature, he wired you physically, but he also wired you emotionally. He wired you with, per, uh, with personality, 
your fight and flight syndrome, your harmonizing, your persisting, your achieving, all of that built in, hardwired into you by God behind the biology of it all. We've been uniquely wired. You are you. That's why it's criminal for you to want to be somebody else. To want to be someone else is an accusation against God, that God has done something poorly, that God has made some sort of mistake with you, that he was at work in your mother's womb, he got, that when he was at work in your mother's womb, he got distracted by something and gaffed you up. We know this isn't true because the Bible has just been clear that you are wonderfully and fearfully made, and it repeats itself. Wonderful are all your works. All that God has done is wonderful. You are or you have been uniquely wired for the days God has for you. So that was the beginning. I heard that word. So then I started looking for specific examples. And I was reminded of the day that uh, we, we, we have a pretty open um, atmosphere in our, in our firm. I'm not going to tell you that our firm is a quote-unquote Christian firm, but there's a, a pretty steady, heavy uh, undertow of spirituality, spirituality in our firm. And uh, one day this lady comes in, one of my teammates, and she says to me, uh, she says, Jeff, I, uh, I don't have that project that I told you I was going to have for you today. And as soon as she stops with that comment, I see this huge tear start rolling down her eye. And I'm like, back the truck up. What, what we needed to do has nothing compared to what apparently is going on in your, in your life right now. So what's... What's going on? She says, well, I just found out my, my daughter is pregnant with, by a married man that she's living with. I'm like, holy cow, how do you deal with that? So we just talked. By the time we were done, we got to pray together. She leaves. She's feeling better. I'm feeling energized. That's, that's a harmonizer. I... Uh, I'm on a board of a, a local nonprofit organization. We're having a little bit of difficulty right now, uh, trying to get all the, the mechanics worked out with the leadership. And I got this text one day, and everyone's kind of irritated with each other a little bit, trying to figure some things out. And the comment was, well, so-and-so's pissed. This other person's angry. This other person can't deal with things, and Jeff, well, he just smiles all the time, so he doesn't count. <laughs> Based upon the stuff I've been learning, I took that as a, I took that as a compliment, right? My, neatest, my coolest example, the one I'm most excited about right now is uh, we have just expanded from being a local firm to being somewhat of a regional firm. We just opened up a, a, an office in Dallas, and our firm is extremely excited about it. Um, I, was, I was part of the transition team. In other words, how do we make this transition? How do we make sure this is the right thing for us to do? Um, and a lot of this was operationally. And I got to work with some really great strategic minds in our firm. And part of the reason I wanted to work with them was because I wanted to know and understand how they, were, how they were thinking through these things. In the process of putting together all the things that need to be done in this situation, one thing that's extremely important to us in this process is that the culture is the same in Tulsa, Oklahoma as it is in Dallas, Texas. In fact, it's not just, it's not just a priority, it's a, it's a function, just like any of our policies, just like any of our procedures. The unofficial uh, motto I've been going with is we're one office 
It just depends on where you're, you're, where you're sitting. And uh, that's a pretty big task. I mean, we may start off with about five or six people down there, and as that grows, it becomes increasingly difficult to make sure that you got that same culture between offices. And, you know, when, when it came down to it and they said, well, who's going to take care of this? I think that's my strength. I mean, we can be strategic all you want, and we can be wanting to achieve results and maximize results, but when it comes down to it, we got to work together, and there's a feel part of it that needs to take place that not everybody has. Well, apparently, that's my strength. That's my gift. That's my ability. And so I'm really super excited that um, I get the opportunity to work with some of my partners that I find extremely strategic and play an important part of the, of, of the role. Um, another thing that we've been doing recently is we've been involved with uh, upping our mentoring program. And this was something I didn't want to do for, for several years. And as God often does, we've been, we've been doing discipleship in our church, learning more about it and how amazingly important it is. And God's given me the opportunity to mentor five different guys in the office. So I tell you, when I have the opportunity to sit across the table from someone and pour into a younger professional's life and say, man, this is exactly what I did, and I see what you're doing, this is awesome, and let me encourage you, or hey, think differently about this or that. And walk, I mean, I walk away from those kind of things energized, where people, some people might walk away drained. So what I'm doing is I'm finding that place that God has called me to be. I'm bridging that gap between my leadership ability and my true identity in Christ because I'm allowing Jeff to be Jeff. And so in closing... We talked about a lot of different bridges today. Here's my takeaway. Here's my question for you. What does your bridge look like? Based upon all the things we talked about today, what does your bridge look like? Does it look like this bridge? The bridge that falls down into the muck, into the mire, where all the trolls can climb up into and, and get a hold of you? I'm not going to lie to you. Many days my bridge looks that way. In fact, it can go from one to another in just a few moments. Does your bridge look like this? Very strong, very sturdy, very protective. Um, when we first did this presentation, the question I had is, does the Bible ever refer to God as a bridge? Because that would just be perfect. We couldn't find it. Not even in the message could we find where they call God a bridge. But the word does refer several times to our Lord and Savior as a strong tower. And that's the thing about this bridge that I love, is that, that's, that source of strength and the source of power that those towers bring to this bridge. And so, in closing, I would just encourage you to make your place this bridge versus the other one. And also encourage you that it's not something that happens just overnight. It does take time. And as you fight that battle, you're going to have setbacks. I promise you, you're going to have setbacks because the enemy doesn't like that. The enemy doesn't want to see um, our father's children find out who they really are in Christ. So I want to encourage you today to really make this your bridge as you go forward. Thank you.
Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.